0: Welcome to the 72nd episode of the Young Terps Podcast. Powered by Viner Gates. this is your host, Mason Viner. And your
1: co-host, Jordan Viner. And on this
0: podcast, we got a Terrapin rundown with some non-rev updates. And then for the main event today, joining us in the second segment, Wayne Viner, who will be making the trip up to Happy Valley to see the 5-6 and six Terps take on Penn State, Maryland's last chance at bowl eligibility. But Jordan, before we get into all that, this podcast is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin Party Rental resource. Allied has what you need, whether you're hosting a large wedding, putting together a small luncheon, or setting up a street festival. Allied has the tents, chairs, linens, china, and other accessories that you are looking for. Wayne from Turp Talk has known Donnie and Allied since 1995, located in Beltsville, Maryland, right next to College Park, and serving the entire DMV. Contact Allied today for a free, no-obligation quote at 301-986-0067 or visit them at alliedpartyrentals.com. Jordan, now for the Terrapin Rundown.
1: Well, to kick things off, as always, the Terps are still the number 11 seed in the NCAA tournament, and they still beat Penn State in round of 32 2 to nothing. And Saturday night, two what's that, two or three days from now, is a huge game in Durham as they play Duke and winner goes to Elite Eight. But hey, it's a big it's a big rivalry game again.
0: Yeah, it is, and Maryland Soccer Twitter said it best when they just said Just like old times when they'll be taking on Duke, volleyball still needs that one win, and they have not played a game since we last Spoke so they still have those two games at Iowa and at number six Nebraska on Friday and
1: Saturday. Yeah, not much has gone on. Um, Women's basketball is currently in San Juan, Puerto Rico, to play Morgan State, and then the winner of either number thirteen Georgia or a team that we don't know yet. In other news, Shakira Austin was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week for the second week in a row, and after their big win,
0: Mason they are now number. Seven in the country they moved up two spots after that big win against south carolina uh maryland ohio state got some tv ratings for you there was the highest rated game the game of the day last saturday delivering a 4.1 overnight and that is espn abc's best rating for a noon game since michigan ohio state in 2016 surpassed a six point overnight for the dramatic finish put up huge numbers which was a 6.1 during the 330-415 to window, and it peaked overall at 6.3, and then it received 9.1 million viewers.
1: Yeah, at the end of the game, when people were tuning in during overtime to see if Maryland could pull it off, which, you know, we didn't. But hey, we got some serious cred there for the TV audience, so go Terps, I guess.
0: Anthony McFarland was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week, no big surprise. And the last thing, and it's a cool little um, rundown item, is Maryland will be giving away a work of art by Daniel Duffy at the Virginia game to the first 10,000 fans. Daniel Duffy, if you don't know, is a guy that um, does sports art with words. So it's like a picture of, excuse a Maryland one, Xfinity Center from the non-fan wall end zone. And inside the art, he has listed the names of Every player to play for Maryland basketball, and every venue, and I think every coach that's played for the Terps.
1: Yeah, it's like eight hundred something names total. It's um, you can find it online at a variety of sources. I think we posted it on Terp Talk as well. It's um, it's really cool. It must have taken a little while to do because it looks really intricate. But I wish I was going so I could get my piece of art there.
0: Yeah, I'll certainly make sure to get to the game early enough to get that. And the other thing is, it's also fifty bucks. So you're getting a 50-buck print for free if you go to the Maryland-Virginia game.
1: 50 times 10,000? What's that, $500,000 of art? Is that right? Yeah, it is. Oh, my. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah, so they're Maryland, of course. You know, getting it getting it out to the fans, of course, or the fans that are going to the Virginia game. And then if you want, and you didn't make it to the game, you can buy one on his
1: website. And as we move forward here, we have Terps and the Pros. Um, a big weekend for the Terps in the NFL. Specifically, I know Stephon Diggs had a big week, but let's start out with the Carolina Terps as always.
0: Yeah, and it's headlined by DJ Moore, who had seven catches for 157 yards in the 20 to 19 loss to Detroit for the Panthers. And his day was highlighted by an 82 yards touchdown. Um, man, Carolina kind of tried to pull the Maryland and went for two and they had the same result.
1: Yeah, questionable coaching choice by Ron Vera there, but he is a risk taker. Jermaine Carter played on special teams as usual, did not record a stat. Torrey Smith with his fourth straight game out with injury, starting to get concerning there.
0: Yeah, let's, um, move over to Pittsburgh. And this week, the Steelers with that, um, Win over Jacksonville. That was a great
1: game. Uh, I don't know about great game. Was kind of disappointing for some of the non-Steeler fans, which was probably most of our audience. Sean Davis, eight tackles, six solo tackles, another strong performance for the strong safety. DHB did not record a pass, but he was active. Well, that was a win.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh. DHB getting back in the lineups so always good. He'll. <laughs> By the playoffs, he'll be out there, at least on special teams. Um, let's talk about the other player in that game, Yannick Ngakwe. He had a sack in the game, but Yannick, I mean, that defense, oh,
1: defense, they needed to
0: do everything, and at the end of the game, they couldn't. He also added three quarterback hits on top of the sack. For as good as a defense at, as it is, it just they don't have any offense, so Jacksonville, it's unfortunate, but doesn't look like they're going to be making it anywhere this year.
1: Well, Jacksonville's defense has fallen off a cliff a little bit this season, and Yannick is no, not immune to the statistical drop-off they've had. Kind of disappointing to see, but I'm sure he'll be back next year.
0: Yeah, is he even going to be on Jacksonville next year? I don't know if anybody's going to be in Jacksonville next year. All right, Darius Kilgo had three tackles in that 30-10 loss to the Colts. Well, it seems like as the weeks go on, Kilgo's playing more and more.
1: Well, as Tennessee continues to have injuries across the board, I guess that. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I guess that means he's going to get more opportunities, and that's all he can hope for for a fringe player like himself. Vernon Davis.
0: Jeez, Vernon Davis. Two massive drops in the Redskins' disappointing loss to the Texans. He had it. He had two of probably the biggest plays of the game, and he dropped both passes.
1: Yeah, VD made some uncharacteristic mistakes, and. I'm not gonna say it cost the team the game, but it certainly didn't help the cause.
0: Uh, It was close to costing the game. J.C. Jackson was on bye this week with New England, and um, got two more here. Quentin Jefferson on the Seahawks had a tackle and a half tackle for loss in the Seahawks' win that kept them alive against the Packers.
1: Yep, he's been playing pretty consistently. Again, played majority of the snaps, so you know hopefully he gets out there more. And the last one is Stefan Diggs. 13 receptions, 125 yards, and a touchdown in the Vikings' loss to the Bears as they learned that Kirk Cousins never paid, as we all Redskins fans already knew. So we have a debate for the first time in a while, Mason. Who gets Terp of the Week? It's DJ Moore or Stephon Diggs?
0: Well, you can't give it to uh, the one that's team one, because neither of them did. I'm going to say... Um, I'll go ahead and give it to... D.J. Moore
1: because of the touchdown. I'm gonna give it to D.J. Moore, not just because of the touchdown, but well, Stefan just got a touchdown too. Just pointing that out. But I'm gonna say D.J. Moore as almost an achievement award for improving after a dismal start to the season.
0: Well, no, no, you can't say that. You really can't. You can't say there was a horrible start to the season because all you heard about out of the Panthers was, oh man, this D.J. Moore guy. Yeah, he's he's still good. He's. It's not like they were like, oh yeah, he's not good, we're not really expecting much. All they did was talk about how they have to have him on the field, how he's
1: yeah, an but intricate he did,
0: part of what they were doing.
1: Yeah, but that's what you say about your first-round draft pick, no matter how he would actually play. I, mean, Josh, I don't think that's true. Yeah, it is. The Bills are praising Josh Allen. He hasn't played in weeks. Like, but I
0: don't, think, I don't think you're getting quite what I'm saying. It's not like he wasn't on the field and they were still saying those things. He was in games where other rookies would have been pulled off the field, he was left in. Redskins game.
1: Yeah, but you're you're not you're missing my point then, which is statistically and, you know, game wise, he still was struggling. And he's turned it around recently in a big way, and for that reason I give him the Turp of the Week Lord. I don't
0: like your logic. I'm gonna say that I give it to him just because he makes big plays for a team that really wasn't having many. He was a big part of the reason why, one, they stayed in the game and why they had a chance to win the game. In terms of Diggs, um, he makes big plays. I mean, it's yeah, fine. I'll give it to him for the same reasons, just I would say it a little bit different. But we can move on. All right, all right, fine. So after reading that, Jordan, it might have been the best week for the Terps and the pros overall.
1: I would have to look at the other weeks, but I would say it's a pretty good week. We saw Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore, have you what would almost normally be a runaway trip of the week award performances. Get Yannick get a sack. Um, we also had some bad ones, though. DHB didn't record a stat either. Jermaine Carter didn't. But there were improvements. Yeah, there were improvements. I'd say that the only thing that's really stopped me from agreeing with you is Vernon Davis was just that bad. It's not Okay, opportun- yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going to say it's not since DJ Moore lost a game to the Redskins that we've had a trip lose a game almost on its own. So, I don't know. It was a good week for the good and a bad week for the bad. Let's say that.
0: All right. Well, that will about um, bring us to a point where Wayne will be joining us. And as Jordan calls him, Jordan, what's what's your name for him?
1: For an entire time I've known him, which is my entire life, Wayne has been a professional Penn State hater. So there's no one better to bring in this week.
0: So with that, let's bring him in now. Wayne Viner, welcome to the Young Terps Podcast.
2: Hey, it's great to be back, guys. It is Penn State week. going we can all say boo. Boo for Penn State. Now, Maryland needs a win, but last week's game, that was a classic, classic game for Maryland, even though we lost. Great fun. We go down to OSU, 52-51. Hey, could have had the game multiple times, but it was great to be in a game like that.
0: Yes, it was, and I was really surprised to see that um, Maryland is almost the same amount of a dog against Penn State as they were against Ohio State right now. They're an underdog by 13 and a half.
2: Look, Penn State has a 38-2-1 and record against Maryland. I was lucky enough to be in State College along with you guys uh, just a few years ago, 2014, when Maryland beat him 20-19 to in Happy Valley um, gotta win this game it's, it's not all over yet, Maryland has a ton of seniors who's going to be in the last game got a list of them here I don't know if it's worth going through them I'll start on the defensive side I'll have Jordan pick up on the offensive side Byron Cowart, defensive end it's his last game M.B. Tanyi, defensive tackle Jesse Antibonum Trey Watson,
1: Rayvon Davis, Darnell Savage, and the offensive end you got Jarvis Davenport, Tavon Jacobs finally playing his last game, Avery Edwards, Derwin Gray, Sean Christie, Brendan Moore, Damian Prince. It's a long list, and and there's two more,
0: of course, Wade Lee's
1: and uh, Matt Oliveira. That is correct. It's a long list. And the goal of the game is to make this not their last game, and it's a tall task in Happy Valley, but we've done this before, and that's something I don't think older fans are used to saying. So,
0: and Wayne, you can comment on this. Here's where I think the game really does not favor Maryland. Trace McSorley and Tommy Stevens, depending on what week it is for the Nittany Lions, both can run the football as quarterbacks, and to me, Maryland is absolutely terrible at stopping the running quarterback.
2: Maryland does not run the spy game well. Usually you want to spy a linebacker. Right now, Maryland would rather blitz Antoine Brooks than spy him, but maybe a little different strategy on Saturday.
0: But to me, it's not the spy game. They just don't run the spy game. But it's the frustration comes in for me, and Jordan mentioned this to me after the Michigan State game, was that when Maryland is chasing the quarterbacks, they do not chase the quarterback correctly.
1: No, they play from behind instead of trying to anticipate where he goes. And that sounds like a risky proposal to try to predict where the quarterback's going to run next. But it's something you have to do in order to contain them. And they once they get behind him, they can't catch up. They don't have the speed the other some other teams may have on defense. So there's only a few, maybe two linebackers that I would actually prefer to spy. One is Trey Watson, but you don't want to take him out of coverage.
2: And the other, I think, is Antoine Brooks. Now you could bring somebody else in. When you say they're running away uh, from Maryland as a quarterback coming out of the pocket, one of the reasons is that Maryland's played a lot more man-to-man defense with Ray uh covering on one side, Tino Ellis, and the safeties picking up man-to-man, so they're not looking to the backfield. When that quarterback breaks out, there often is a 20-yard gap between the line of scrimmage and the defensive backs.
1: Yeah, and that is one of the big things about playing man is you tend to sacrifice – Whatever quarterback protection, not protection, but you know what I mean, quarterback coverage you may have. That's a thing that a lot of teams with running quarterbacks like to see because they can run and there's that cushion there. That's why you need to spy. And you're right, Mason, we don't spy. I don't know why that really is. Maybe we don't feel comfortable enough to sacrifice the guy to cover the quarterback, but it's a problem with Trace McSorley.
0: Yeah, and speaking of Trace McSorley, Penn State only averaging 181 yards of passing offense per game. To me, after watching what happened last week, that's definitely a good benefit for Maryland.
2: Well, Trace McSorley, with over ten thousand nine hundred total yards in his career, he's won over thirty games. And it, look, they haven't. Penn State's not the same Penn State that you saw last year. Uh, McSorley's a big deal, but Saquon Barkley was a huge deal. So you're looking at a team that's eight and three. You've got a situation where the rumors that Coach Frank, James Franklin's going to go to L.A., be the coach at USC, are all over the place. And, you know, earlier in the week, Mason, you heard a press conference. What did they ask Coach Frank?
0: Uh, the question, I believe, was that, um are you looking at the USC job? And he says, you know, the classic coach answer, but what he never said during that was no.
2: And The, close, the classic coach answer is we're focused on this game, we're focused on this team, when all he had to do was say no?
0: That's what, that's what I think, and I feel like that's what a lot of other people think. The most annoying thing that James Franklin does is he goes on Twitter at the beginning of every week and uses every character that he can saying the, other, the next team's name. What does that mean? <laughs> he repeatedly writes Ohio State, Ohio State, Ohio State till he runs out of Twitter characters. And this week he continued to do that, so I guess that's his way of showing that he's still focused on Maryland.
1: Well, it's kind of interesting because the other big coaching candidate right now that at least is personally intriguing to me is Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, who everybody in the football world wants to have coaching their team for whatever reason. And when he was asked if he's pursuing NFL opportunities, as he will definitely get a chance after this season. He did say, at the moment, no, which, of course, leaves the door open for maybe in the offseason you can say no, but he at least said no. Well, that
2: leads to Maryland having an opportunity facing an 8-3 and three Penn State team. It's not the season they thought. They thought they had a national championship run in them. They're coaching rumors that the guy's leaving. Maryland has a chance. What
0: does Maryland have to do to win this game? And we'll talk about that in a minute, but this podcast is also brought to you by Maryland Eurocars. When you're looking for someone to work on your European car, look no further than MD Eurocars. We have a few Audis in the family and some BMWs at the office, and we take our cars to Christian at Maryland Eurocars. Christian and his team know their way around. Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, Bentleys, VWs, and many more makes. Always friendly, courteous, and an honest shop, along with being extra clean and Wayne, you've been to MD Euro Cars. Can you explain what an extra clean shop is?
2: That place you can almost eat off the floor. It's in perfect condition. Christian really takes great pride in running that shop the right way. Uh, you stopped in and saw him on Monday?
0: Yeah. I uh, finally did go to get my lights adjusted. I've never already talked about that in this podcast, but had a nice time sitting in the lounge at Maryland Euro Cars. And, you know, the one thing that I liked about Christian, and this is a really big, is. He adjusted my lights, but then he let me, we drove around the block a few times just to make sure that everything was right. And if I had any concerns, which I didn't, I'm sure he would have taken the time to fix them.
2: He's a good guy. And Mason, Mason's a particular about his automobile. So if Mason takes his car there, you can be sure they'll take care of you when you take your car there.
0: And Christian and Maryland Eurocars is located in Rockville. You can call them at 301-217-5831. That's Christian at Maryland Eurocars at 301 217 5831 and tell them that the Young Turps sent you.
1: So, getting back to Penn State here, I think this is going to sound dumb, but the thing they need to do is they need to score more points. They really do. I don't think. I know Penn State's had some iffy offense, especially with Joe Moorhead down at Mississippi State now, but I still don't trust their defense really to stop another team of Penn State's caliber. So I think we need to outshoot them, and I don't love the idea of trying to outshoot everybody we play. But with Piggy and Antmac Mac firing, at least on most cylinders, I think we can do it.
0: I think most cylinders is um, a good way to put that. I don't necessarily agree with outshooting a team, especially like Penn State. Penn State scored twenty points against Rutgers on Saturday. Um, the thing that I would be most concerned about, and really who I think actually has the most influence on the game, is the running back for Penn State, which is Miles Sanders.
1: Well, Miles Sanders has definitely been lost in the shuffle, especially after Saquon Barkley, who was an absolute bonafide elite talent, left Penn State, and he's transitioned well into the NFL, just showing how good he really was. But he's still a top-tier back in college football, I think.
0: You see, when I watched him play under uh, or as Saquon's backup, I really thought that he was almost... On Saquon's level, you know, you're not going to find another running back that sits right behind the guy that's on the, the top, top, top tier like Saquon Barkley was. But Miles Sanders and Penn State as a whole, even though they're eight and three right now, it's somewhat disappointing.
2: They are. I don't think it's going to be packed. I don't think the energy is going to be there. It's going to be a soggy day. I think Maryland has a chance because Maryland can do the one thing that travels and that's run the ball. Over the past six quarters, since Kasim Hill got hurt, Maryland has been lights out, fantastic offensively. You're talking about McFarland, who is now has the ninth highest rushing total in a single season of anybody who's ever played at Maryland. got the top rushing record for a freshman. And if he doesn't go well, you've got Javon Leak. You've got Fleet Davis.
0: Hopefully the, Ty Johnson.
2: Ty Johnson supposedly back. He was supposed to practice yesterday. He was at the Met Canada press conference. Terrence Davis was supposed to practice yesterday. He's a big offensive lineman. So when Maryland outshoots somebody, and in, in this case, it's really can they run the ball like they ran the ball once Piggy got in the game. Jordan Mason, even though Piggy isn't the greatest passer, why do you think he changes the, the balance
1: so that Maryland can run now? I actually want to flip that question on you because, Mason, you and I have talked about this at length. Why do you think the balance of the offense has changed now that Piggy's come in? My opinion is he can
2: throw the ball well enough, and when he throws, it's usually deep. So you have to stay on the routes with the receivers. It's pulling a corner and a safety. Um, So that pretty much evens up the hats, as you say. So you're going to have 11 offensive uh, players from Maryland get the ball carrying the quarterback, so they're not blocking. And the 11 defensive players for the other team, two or three of them are chasing receivers down the field. So it evens up your blockers on your defensive backs. And I've showed Mason the picture several times of the third carry on the third series for McFarland, where he runs through a tackle. One of the Ohio State players, a linebacker was free, steps up to make the tackle. Once McFarland cleared him, he was gone again. So he can when they say there's one man to beat, McFarland can beat that guy on his own. You don't have to block him. It's work for six quarters. Let's see if we can do it in the mud in Penn State on Saturday.
0: So I agree with most of what you said, but it's Piggy's just there's just more there. He throws the ball harder. He's he'll hurt you if you don't cover somebody. The thing about Kasim, and I really like Kasim, I thought that that last play was almost kind of designed more or less for Kasim to make one of those throws that's just nice and easy and it's going to get there. The thing about Pig is... You
2: mean the two-point conversion?
0: Yes. The thing about Piggy is if there's a deep ball, he'll throw it. If there's a quick slant route, he can hit it at speed. So there's your difference is that Kasim, I mean Piggy throws a ball much harder and just plays a different way.
2: We were in the end zone, and Marilyn was heading to that end zone. It's the one with the Gossett team house. Piggy threw what to me seemed like a fastball about 80 miles an hour that hit the wall. Did you feel the impact? They called
0: pass interference no, no. on Penn State. I was on the other side of the... Um...
2: Boy, was that ball moving. And, yeah, maybe threw the ball to Jay Sean a little too hard. Guy does have a rocket arm. He threw the ball too hard. Threw the ball too hard. I still don't think Jay Sean got where he could have been. He threw the ball too hard. I thought, well, I guess that ends the argument. I thought,
1: he, he did. I thought we agreed to table this until a later date on what happened in the last play of that game. The point is... Okay,
0: well, one last thing on the last play is, Jay Sean Jones said that both of them were wrong. So... I think that's probably I, that accurate. could be yeah, accurate, I'll, honestly.
2: When he sat, he should have sat but still been on his toes. He sat down too hard to go after the ball. The ball didn't
1: go right to him. He was open. Yeah, if Piggy got on the ball, he could have called it. All right. Well, we can we can have a full investigation, an NCIS episode about that play. But for now, we can put all that behind us. We have, and I guess we're kind of wrapping it up here, but we have a chance to be eligible finally.
2: I'll take that as a positive but I just want to say one more time, that uh, wow, was
1: great. That was, it was so good, much fun. Now was, we can move on. It was a good game. Okay, we can table it for later because we have a chance to go bill eligible for the third week in a row, and we've already probably should have won two games. If we, what do we have to do? I guess this is our last thing. What is the one thing we need to do to be Bell eligible and salvage this horrible dumpster fire of a season?
2: Score more points than Penn State on Saturday you, you got to win Close. the game. Close. Close. We've had two chances, as you said, to win the game. We've lost two games by three total points. We can do this. This is doable. Somebody's got to do it. And I think there's enough team left in there, and you got to credit your Trey Watsons and your Matt Canada's and a bunch of people who weren't there last year who are helping to keep this thing stuck together as a team. Mason, you've been there. You interviewed the guys on Tuesday Think there's enough juice left here to close one more game?
0: Definitely, and I've been meaning to say this on Twitter, I just haven't really gotten to it. Is the best moment of the whole interviewing process or press availability this whole year was Tuesday when Jay Sean Jones was asked about the talent of the future at Maryland, and the biggest smile that I think I've seen on almost any player's face during media availability was on his face and he says yeah of course people are underestimate us and we're underrated in the future that's it right there that showed me that you know even though it might not work on saturday and there is a lot of guys and you list off all those seniors those guys there is no option for it to not work on saturday but they understand that Maryland is a place with a really bright future and maybe even if there's a coaching change these guys that think that If they're together and they stay together, they can do something. Maybe they'll stay.
2: Maybe they will. And if you want to stay, here's one reason to do it. Maryland had 535 yards on Saturday. 441 of them were freshman yards. That's 82.4% of those yards were McFarlane, Daryl Jones, Dante Demas, and Jay Sean Jones, if you have not seen it. Mason has probably our video clip of the year, which is a Daryl Jones catch on a deep post play in the fourth quarter. Great piece of video work by Mason. Um, Did you see the play or you looking through the camera?
0: No, I saw the play. Phone's not that big.
1: It was Mm -hmm. coming right at him. Great work. All right. Well, we got a lot on the line. We got everything on the line.
0: Everything is on the line because at this point, I don't know one Maryland fan that would say, eh. They're not going to a bowl. The disappointment is there if they don't win this game. They don't make it to a bowl game.
1: Because for the reason, when Piggy became quarterback, all the all the potential and the town on this team started I, I, to show no, through.
0: No, no. You're wrong about that one, sir. It's not when Piggy came in. The whole time people have looked at these games, and I know that I'm probably more optimistic than most, but the longer and longer the, the weeks go by, the um, more and more Canada starts to say the same things that I say. Is that if you just point to a play here or a play there, this season could have been so much different. And I feel like a lot of people have now noticed that, and that's why it would be disappointing if they don't win on Saturday. The
2: Michigan State game for me falls under that.
0: Indiana. Iowa. Iowa. Canada talked about Iowa, so I think we can talk about. I think we can count Iowa. When we were there. I don't know
2: the difference to me. Iowa. I can't actually find other than a, a drop ball or two. Michigan State game, there was a fumble into the end zone. If Maryland Two. recovers that, either one of those Maryland could have won the game.
1: And or they blow the play dead that
0: was dead on the one yard line that they did not blow the whistle on, or the right. yeah the Michigan State one's probably the longest list of those.
2: Probably so, other than the other day. Ohio State. There were several opportunities to really put that away. Jordan, you've asked three or four times, what's your opinion? What do you do to win this game?
1: I said it before, I'll say it again, score more points, Mason is right, you need to stop Mario Sanders as best you can, and I guess that does it, what are your predictions for Saturday?
0: I'll go ahead and I'll start, uh, I think Maryland's going going to win this game, um, Penn State to me has looked anything but impressive, really not gotten it done Almost all year, and really quickly before I get my prediction, Penn State's kind of one of those opposites of Maryland. The ball seemingly bounced their way a little bit this year, and of course they had that one game against Michigan State that they lost at home. But just shows, you know, a few plays here and there change your whole season and give you eight wins instead of five.
2: Eight wins instead of five. So the games that they lost, they lost to Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State? Yeah. Just right. enough to get it done against everyone else. Just enough. Twenty-three, uh, seventeen. Turtles. We, we pull it out. Run the ball well enough. Penn State makes enough mistakes. Rayvon Davis has a better game at corner. Maryland finds a way.
1: Jordan. Well, Rayvon Davis having a better game at corner is like basically saying it's a football pulse. Um.
0: He did score a touchdown.
1: And that is true. He did score a touchdown off a tip six. Um. There's two parts of me on this one, and one part of me is saying we blew our chance, and we're going to lose 37 to 10. 37? And the other part is saying that we're finally going to get some bounces and win, like, 24 to 13. And I really don't know which... I feel like the safe option for me, because you know I always like going with the emotionally safe option on these, is saying we're getting blown out.
0: I would agree.
2: Uh, with what? mean he blown out? Or he always picks safe?
0: No, he definitely doesn't pick safe. Not this year. He picked Maryland to beat Michigan.
1: I picked Maryland to beat Ohio State, and I was so close to being right. Uh, um, we're not going into that again. We're not. Well, uh, I will take your well wishes, hoping
2: that you wanted Maryland to win with your twenty-four to thirteen. I would say
1: twenty-four to thirteen, Maryland, and I'm gonna say we're gonna get at least one defensive touchdown.
0: Dude. So jordan said that the um the first one the 37 to 10 i don't know where he got 37 from but
1: you make three field goals you score four touchdowns 37
0: okay well i did not expect him to actually have that addition right there um is the reason why i say that will not happen is just because maryland is kind of like emerged on twitter they've emerged on social media they they don't seem to be afraid anymore of saying what they think. And a lot of these guys, and I didn't think this still existed, and we wanted to get to this podcast, but we're almost out of time here, is that they don't like Penn State. They really dislike God Penn State.
2: somebody else is on that. Uh, because I've disliked Penn State.
0: Especially the ones that played in 2014 and 15.
2: And how about last year? Last year didn't go well. Look, D.J. Durkin did recruit well. You might not have liked what happened, and you might not have liked how the whole thing was handled, but he did put real guys there. And somebody said, there's two things that I want to bring up, and then throw this back. Thing one is, if you went on the field on Saturday, and you looked at how big and how fast Ohio State looked, this is one of the first time that I've seen this, Maryland looked pretty big and pretty fast compared to those guys. We were not outclassed. And the other thing, the throwback back to Mason, is we go to the game with a guy whose barometer of what you should see on the field is how many of our guys could play for that team. On Saturday, there was a fair number of our guys that actually would have played for Ohio State. So we're getting there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you should be optimistic. And maybe it's not optimistic about Saturday.
0: Well, I am optimistic about Saturday. I do not think things are going particularly well for Penn State right now. My biggest fear, one, Miles Sanders, two, Penn State benches Trace McSorley and puts Tommy Stevens in.
1: My biggest fear is that we're going to miss the game because we're going to be busy all this weekend, but hopefully we'll get to see it. Well, hey, well, you're going to the game. Yeah, and If Don Marcus can get me there, we're driving to
2: Penn State Saturday morning, and we're bringing home a win,
0: darn it. Okay, well. I
1: think that does it, Mason. Yes,
0: yeah, so do I. I'll give my prediction. I'm going to pick Maryland. I'll take the Terps 38, Penn State 31 for the game. Score more points. Win the shootout. Just score more points and come home with the win. That's all you can ask for if you're a Maryland fan. And I think that's going to wrap it up for this podcast.
2: One other ridiculous fact from Saturday. Wade Lees threw a pass that was completed on Saturday. He is the first Australian to ever throw a pass at Maryland for a completion. So I'll leave on
0: that one. You know what? It's not like you can say that we didn't have any other ones because Craddock did punt for a while, so yeah. he could have ended up throwing a pass. But, but it, he didn't. It didn't. Okay, you know, I don't know what to do with that, so okay. let's just finish this. Um, as always, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors, including Viner 4 Gates. Wayne, tell us about Viner 4 Gates.
2: Viner 4 Gates is the place to go if you need a new website. We're especially proud of the nonprofits that come to us for help to get their marketing straight, to get their website straightened out. And we do a fine job of that over at Viner Four Gates. You can reach us at 301-251-2900. We're on the web at oneviner.com. That is the number one, V-I-E, and is in Nebraska, er.com.
0: And we've also taken some trips out to see Ally Party Rentals. Always love to talk about, always love going there. It's actually, like, one of those places where you would think it's not really fun to go to, but it is because it's just cool to see because they have blueprints from the presidential inauguration. They have um, sample tables out, sample floors out. I mean, it's just an interesting place tables.
2: to go. Well, they have tables, the kind of tables you would rent, and they have the floor But they're and not shelves. only,
0: like, plastic tables. They're, oh, they're like, real. actual, like, tables. It's kind of...
2: Just... And on top of that, there's one guy there that has the full-size Len Bias poster that I remember they gave out Back when I went to Maryland in the early 80s, it's signed by Len Bias. What hell of a keepsake they have over there. That was legal in the NCAA back then? I don't know about that, but he's got the poster and it's signed. <laughs> well, Washington State just got in trouble for something like that. Uh, uh, so we'll go on probation for something Len Bias did in
0: 1986. Anyhow, uh, nice.
1: I don't need to get into the NCAA rant. I've had enough of those.
0: Okay. Um, that sounds like a good off-season topic, Jordan. So Allied, yeah, large weddings, small luncheon, they do it all, including the presidential inauguration of I've already mentioned. They have the tents, the chairs, the linens, the china, anything that you need to have your perfect party. Allied is the place to go. You can visit them at AlliedPartyRentals.com, dot com, and I'll tell you guys something. I had a five star experience at Maryland Euro Cars the other day. Was in the lounge watching NBC four for a while while my lights got adjusted and. Christian and Maryland Eurocars is a place to take your prized automobile like I do with mine. You can reach them at 301-217-5831. Ask for Christian. And again, that's 301-217-5831. And tell them that the Young Terps sent you. Last game of the football season, and I was actually at Maryland Stadium on Tuesday night. And everything is gone. That is... The the chairbacks are gone. The premium seating end zone tent's gone. The premium seating end zone is gone. It was just weird because, to me,
1: it never started. No, we never got past the preseason. We, we just had too much stuff going on, and I really hope this isn't the last football podcast we, we get to do.
2: Well, we get to do the podcast that we want to do so we can do a postseason wrap-up, but I'm with you. It never really seemed like it got started, and then it was a sudden miracle we were on the field and thought we were going to win on Saturday, and now we're down to got to get it done. This
0: week, gotta get it done. Happy Valley. Um, hope you have a good trip up there, and hope I know that you will want to come home with the W, or will be a long ride quite back. disappointed. Yeah. yeah, a long ride back. And um, how's the weather looking?
2: Same as every other darn time. I went up there with you, uh, Mason, in to get my prize. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Uh, we no, went, oh we went, yeah. We went I forgot. Again. Yeah. We were up there a couple months ago. We were up there. A couple of years ago I've been there eight or nine times and there was one game John Caleo was the Maryland quarterback so you can figure out what year that was where it wasn't rainy and gray really? and yicky it's gonna be rainy gray muddy to the point that Penn State's closed the auxiliary parking lots which are the grass fields
1: hey we parked there
2: we have parked there before I have a parking pass so I get to park near the stadium in the press area. But it's going to be typical Penn State, so I'm going to wear my the waterproof shoes, uh, two coats, mm-hmm. uh, make sure I have everything to clean the cameras off with, and we're going to win the game. That's, Didn't, that's all I care. We're going to now, win the game. Now, when we
0: parked in that grass field, did we not park next to someone that you knew? Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah,
2: we got out of the car, and I, somebody goes, Wayne, I'm like, what? Who could somebody who I know from Hagerstown park behind me? We go all the way in the stadium. We were sitting in the upper deck, we sat down, there was a guy, another guy I knew I went to high school with. So I knew it was my day back then, and then Brad Craddock hits that field goal. Maryland wins, I cry, we go home. Let's just do that again.
1: That sounds fun. Well, like I said, I hope Mason I'll be able to see it. I'm starting to doubt that we will. But we'll be following along on the on the East Penn see if it.
0: Not. How are you gonna see it, Mason? I will see it. You know what? Jordan and I are going to a wedding in Canada this weekend. I'm seeing the game. We're like, gonna be at Niagara Falls. <laughs> I'm seeing the game. The phone. <laughs> that's why we get replacement phones from Verizon. Even though I believe I'm already on my replacement phone for this one. So, okay. When you drop your get phone, a when you drop for your that. phone in
1: Niagara Falls, we uh, hope uh, my phone is still be working then. It, it, and I
0: hope that's if we win, because if it, we lose, you know what's going in Niagara Falls. If we
1: lose and you lose the phone, you get pay for it. The
2: <laughs> if you, we win and you lose the phone, free phones for everyone. Call
0: Mason on that one. Please don't um so that's gonna do it for this podcast go terps beat penn state i really dislike penn state so this is kind of my most important game of the season treat it like it's a playoff game because these guys will never get to play again if they lose go terps beat penn state thanks for listening as always